0: Welcome back to week three of Betfair's new podcast, Cheltenham Only Better. Once again, you have myself, Megan Nichols, and our regular guests, Jerry McGrath and Daryl Carter. But this week, we're spoiled once again with another fab guest. We've got Dan Barber on board, who I'm told is um, not only fight, time, stu- time forms star, sorry, but also someone tells me that. Dan, you might be leading Tipster on one of our regular po- uh, Betfair podcasts as well. So, uh, yeah, lots of lots of uh, brand points
1: there. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how up-to-date that is. <laughs> I mean, I did have a good spell about 2004. Um, oh, go- oh, right, really, really
0: out of date. Trying that. to really build back up
1: to that now in 2022. No, but great to be back. It reminds me very much of a podcast called the Cheltenham Broadcast, this, which was pretty good, and I'm sure this will be even better, Meg.
0: Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, I can't believe you'd even doubt it for a second. Um, right, we are obviously looking at some more of our showcase races building up to the Cheltenham Festival. Um, but before we start, we've got two races this week, so extra, extra special today. Uh, but before we start on them, I just wanted to go over a couple of highlights from last week. Now, Um, As you can see, we're all wrapped up with big jumpers on and it's absolutely freezing. And I was thinking I'm going to struggle to find many highlights with all the racing being cancelled. But I think I've managed to do okay because thankfully the days that there was some racing, we've seen some um, impressive runners for sure. So I'll just touch on a couple of them before we ask you guys about your kind of choices. Um, Gaelic Warrior, 86 lengths. He won in a maiden hurdle at Tremor. I mean, that's quite incredible. I think, Dan, you had actually a a little bit of a line on the winning distances there,
1: didn't you? Yeah, I think uh, Simon Rowlands wrote an article about it, and I think the 86 was a bit fanciful. That's what it was returned, but it, it was about 15, maybe 17 seconds from winner to second, which is more like 70, but it's still absolutely remarkable. I got a list of horses, you know, since the days where they just used to record distance as anything over 30 lengths, since they actually published the the correct margin I looked and there were only eight horses that had beaten 86 and seven of those had been left clear in a race so they would have won by a far narrower margin and the only one who wasn't left clear was a Dan Skelton horse in a three-runner Mare's Novice Hurdle when the runner up tried to refuse so <laughs> whatever you make of the form it is pretty stunning that a horse could win a two-mile race on not bottomless ground by that sort of distance, other. I mean a lot was made of his performance at Cheltenham and how fingers were burnt etc and he's still a raw horse but I don't think his abilities in any question I do think he's very excited, I'm sure we'll touch upon him when we discuss the Supreme
0: Yeah definitely, um, moving on to a couple of others, Bold Endeavour a 10 length winner on handicap um, I'm sorry, stable debut for Nicky Henderson and a handicap chase at Leicester, off mark of 130 he could be one we touch on later um, through the coming weeks ahead of a potentially one of the handicaps at the festival. Rabode, he was two from two this year at Taunton for the Paul Nichols team. He won by seven lengths with a penalty. Krabili, a 21-length winner at Newcastle on hurdle debut for John Joe O'Neill, senior and junior and JP McManus. He was very impressive. Not sure we learned an awful lot because I'm not sure what he, he couldn't help but be taken. Um, a couple of these you guys have chosen to talk about, so I'll miss them out for now. Le Chief on, on Chasing debut was an 11-length winner at Doncaster. We've got a bit of a common theme here that most of these horses have won by half the track. <laughs> um, in Hergman, 15 lengths, he won at Cork. Again, I think we learned absolutely nothing other than the fact that he's still alive, he's fit and he's well. Um, it wasn't exactly a, a hot renewal, but he's going to be definitely... Um, in talks in the coming weeks when we look at the champion chase, Hidden Valley Lake I'm surprised none of you guys actually chose to sort of talk a bit more about him he's two from two over hurdles, I thought he was impressive at York in group three grade three, sorry, company potentially an Albert Bartlett type um, uh, Henry de Bromhead obviously trained horse, now I, I think it's worth just, he he was my pick so we'll, we'll go talk a little bit about him um, Darryl I, I don't know what your thoughts were but you Know he's the one that has raced now up in grade against some better horses. A couple of the others we're going to talk about are sort of been made in Maiden and Novice Company. Um, I thought he looks like an exciting horse and and definitely one that is going to be going for some of the better races over a trip.
2: Yeah, I would would totally agree with you. I thought it was a great performance. He pushed away after the final flight. The the, the circuit time was one of the better circuit times of the day if you compare it to the two-mile races, although do you feel over the course of the day a lot of jockeys were a little bit mindful of the ground um in, in the in the earlier races over the shorter distance a little bit mindful of the ground because cork did a fantastic job to get that meeting on but um yeah it was just a moment where he looked a, bit, a little bit in trouble didn't he and then he, and then he come back on the bridle just and, and then he quickened away after the last it was really quite impressive um i i, I Completely agree with you in terms. Of, I think he's leading the way in the in the Albert Bartlett market at the moment. I think he's going to go to Clonmel where Monley went and, and won, and they sent uh, Manila Indo who had that good battle with Alaho that time. So yeah, absolutely, Megan, you're on the right lines there. He's he's around eleven to two. That's pretty short, but um, he, he, like you say, he, he's been out and he's done it. So it's up to
0: everybody else to come up to his mark now. Yeah, it will definitely be touching on the Albert Bartlett before long. So I'm sure we'll be uh, bringing him back up in conversation. Um, Jerry, you actually liked another Henry de Bromhead trained horse, Arctic Brazil, who won um, his maiden hurdle at Fork as well. He was an expensive purchase, £305,000 from the point-to-point field, but you were obviously taken by his victory.
3: Yeah, definitely, Megan. Um, He's probably a horse that's been kind of on the lookout for a while because he was sold last November and he only appeared obviously last Sunday. So he's kind of been kind of in the in the freezer for the last 13 months, I suppose. But it was definitely it was a long-awaited appearance, but he was very impressive, I thought. Um I agree with Daryl, the first two or three races at Cork the are day, the lads riding, they didn't go crazy. The times were all slow. So I wouldn't be looking into the times from Cork too much this weekend. Um, but I just thought he did it himself and Mercury, who obviously is highly thought of, of, of Willie Mullins as well. You know, he was a bumper winner. He was maybe a fraction disappointed Limerick in a listed race, but it was interesting. Willie won the race as well, and then he went straight out and bought the second horse as well, who actually, I think, runs this weekend for Willie. Um, so he obviously rated, rated the horse and the form strongly. But I just liked Arctic Brazil's his performance on the day, he, himself and Mercury. They took each other on a small bit early, both over-raced, and um, but put the bed to put the race to bed very nicely. His jumping will need to improve, but I just thought he was a perfect example of a, an, an Irish point pointer who's been jumping big fences at slow speed and all of a sudden he's running over two miles over smaller obstacles. Um, his jumping will improve. He's with Henry de Bromhead. There's no fear of that. And I just think a faster run race from start to finish will re, really suit him. Um it'll be just interesting. I'd imagine they'll be going for two up, they'll be upping him in trip as well. You know, he's bred to stay a bit further. Uh, and also, also, I just like the cross. He's he's by Blue Brazil, but he's out of a King's Theatre mayor, which is the same cross as Constitution Hill. So it's just something to bear in mind. Uh, but no, I just th- I thought he was impressive the weekend and a horse that I think we'll see and be uh, reading a lot more of.
0: He is actually twenty five to one for the Supreme at the moment. But like you say, he's probably more likely to step up and trip. And I guess they only really started him at two miles um, because he, like you say, has been a bit keen, and maybe they just wanted him to relax first somehow.
3: Yeah, definitely. I'd imagine if this horse ends up with Cheltenham, he'll be running over two and a half. That's where I'd I'd see his kind of future line this season anyway, for sure.
0: So, you know, from your point of view, we could probably put a bit of a question mark or cross him out for the Supreme, really. Um, It'd be a shock to see him line up in that, um, you know, in in the big scheme of things. Yeah, I think so. Right, okie dokie. Another um irish runner again caught blood destiny this time a willie mullins trained horse he was again a five-length winner on stable debut he ran in the three-year-old hurdle now Daryl, you wanted to pick up on him we've seen a couple of uh, willie's three-year-olds out in the last couple of weeks and they've you know as, as a bunch they seem to be pretty talented and, and at this stage look like um they're smart it's hard to know. He's obviously separated most of them at, at the moment. But um you, you obviously were impressed with Blood Destiny.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, I was. Um I, I liked it a lot. Actually, I thought it was the performance of the week for me. I just um I just like the way he was he, he settled really nicely, considering he's only run in France. He was held up right at the rear of the field, he settled nicely out in front, but he was in Paul's hands as well. So he, he was racing quite enthusiastically, like he wanted to, to get on with the job. A little bit novice, a little bit big at the first couple, then mid midway down the back. I think Paul just let out a little bit of rain just to put a little bit of pace into the race. Cause they did start very slowly, but once he started jumping at a bit of speed, he was very fast, very fluent. He got that landing gear out very quickly. I was really impressed with it, with his jumping. Um, he pricked his ear. He was still in his hands at the line uh, at the last, and then he pricked his ears at the line and he was tough to pull up. Um, he went right around to the cross path. I thought it was quite a taking performance. Now you can't really learn a whole lot from what he did there, but the run in France previous, it was in the um, it was it was it actually the good race. The pre pre Grand um, your dad will probably know that race pretty well because I think he picked up Frodon who won that race back in 2015. Um, that's usually typically a very strong re- renewal every single year for these three year olds. Uh, he finished second to Bo Zenith, who's now with Gary Moore, but he was given so much to do that day. It was it was a hand and heels ride and it was pretty eye catching. The most eye-catching thing about it was that Lossy Mouth actually ran on the same card that day, and if you do the times for the two horses that day, he was twenty lengths faster than Lossy Mouth, which I thought was just a very interesting uh, angle. In he was thirty-three to one before that race at Cork on Sunday, and uh, he's into about sixteen to one now. So I think he's got a bright future. Woody Mullin seems thinks Grade One route with him, so uh, yeah, a few followers should be happy that they're on it at big prices. I think he's pretty talented.
0: I wonder if we'll see a Lossy Mouth Blood Destiny clash over the Christmas period, it'll be interesting to see and interesting to see how Willie sort of um, programs his three-year-olds building up to Cheltenham Um, you know, no doubt he'll have a a strong hand coming into the um, triumph hurdle Um, thankfully Dan, you've chosen a horse that ran in England, which is great (laughs) Um, and actually I'm surprised Jerry didn't although Jerry kind of thought about going for this one we managed to get um, Dan got first dibs. Attica. Now he ran at Cheltenham, won his uh, second novice hurdle. Obviously, that meant he carried a penalty. Um, he made all the running, and um, interesting that that you picked him. I know Jerry's got a, a line on um, the sort of bloodstock side that we'll mention afterwards, but uh, on the performance itself, Dan, um, h- how were you so taken? It wasn't an emphatic victory like some of the others.
1: No, I, to be honest, it's more just. As a race, if I can bend the rules slightly, I don't think he's a future Cheltenham winner necessarily. He looks a strong stayer at two miles. I thought, a few things to know. I thought it was a really good ride from Nico de Boimville. They just punished them for letting him have the control of things. And credit to Nico for that. A horse whose jumping got better as the race wore on. I think Hendo was quick to say afterwards that, yeah, we think we wanted to make it a test. We don't normally associate Nicky, do we? And Jerry will know this better than I I will from the days of Theanvo whizzing round air, etc. on back to back days. But he used to it was sort of you're associating with horses being ridden patiently, but he's shown lately with the likes of Constitution Hill that when the circumstances demand it and it's best for the horse, he doesn't mind making it more of a test of stamina. The one I would actually take from the race, and this is very long term, but I think he'd be more handicaps, and it might be Coral Cup or Potemps if they could somehow weasley's way into that would be gentle slopes the third who just didn't jump well enough on his first experience of hurdling and he got outpaced from two out when they sprinted your dad's horse was in a similar position to to him wasn't he time for a tune both were flat out from the second last but he did actually really motor and i don't think your dad's horse was stopping and yet he got back past him for third, and I thought he had a fair bit of running left in him at the line. Master Chewy, the runner-up, set a good standard on what he would have achieved at Ascot had he stood up. So I'm not saying, I mean, horses that that Daryl and Jerry have mentioned are probably different league to these, but I do think later in the season, even if it doesn't work out at Cheltenham, gentle slopes, if they get him handicapping over two and a half mile plus, he can win some good races. Thinking of what Milton's done with the likes of Mullenberg and and others lately plotting the handicap path.
0: Yeah, I, m- I must say, I was actually at Sheltenham last Friday in um, Gentle Slopes. He is a lovely looking horse um, and certainly uh, no doubt improving physically and getting stronger. So I can see um, why you took a liking to him. Attica himself is 25 to 1 for the Supreme. Um, I agree. I actually think that, most horses that coming coming out of that novice hurdle will all want further in time. Um Jerry, you obviously know this horse better than any of us. Um do you really see him as a supreme type?
3: No, not at all. Um, what I really like with this horse is the son of maller and sometimes malers they're not the classiest. You never really see too many miles win bumpers. And this lad didn't win a bumper. Um, I was actually surprised. And when I saw this lad enter over two miles, I thought it might be way too sharp for him, but just, just shows Nicky you know, he just when he has a, a plan, it comes together. Um, yeah, he'd probably like I'd never even go to say he'll never run over two miles again. Uh, he definitely won't run over two miles on a flat track. And uh, he's a horse that's going to keep improving when he, the further he goes. And I agree, he, he's he's not gonna be winning the spring this year, but I wouldn't be surprised now if he's if he's just stepping stones towards being a very good chaser. He's like I said, his jumping really improved the other day. He's a very likable horse. He doesn't show much at home on a daily basis; just goes about his business. But yeah, I think he really surprised. I agree. Like Nico gave him a brilliant ride, but at the same time, I just love the horse's attitude to hold him up the, the hill. He was never ever going to lay down, um, and he's never going to let Master Chewy past him. But um, no, I definitely agree. Is he only doing? An- Sorry, Joey. Does he only do enough? This horse. Yeah, definitely, Darren. I think that's why he's going to have no problem stepping up in trip as well. Like, I can see this horse over three miles sooner, rather than later. You know, that's not that he's short of speed, but he's just got loads of stamina. He was only doing enough, I think, the other day, wasn't
2: he? Those ears at the line as
3: well. I mean, this is Cheltenham only
1: better, but you can sort of it could almost be entry only better, couldn't it, for the three mile novice if Nicky's giving him a bit more time later in the season? I thought for sure you were going to mention Master Chewy for the Betfair Hurdle, Dan. (laughs) <laughs> i've I've already got one earmarked for that i've got that hand side of gary moore's who oh, yeah. won a Huntingdon novice hurdle so spoilt for choice for that race
2: everybody just picks the same types don't they <laughs> <laughs> They do meg is um it's time for a tuna three miler that's
0: definitely he's true. he's a horse that certainly wants a trip isn't he yeah. um but i think he's not allowing himself to necessarily get it at the moment hmm. he's you know, Harry's been really keen not to make the running, um, but unfortunately, a couple of times he's had no choice and he's just been very Larry. Um, <laughs> you know, he's been all over the shop coming to the hurdles. He's pulling himself up left, right, and centre. He's not helped at all, himself or Harry at all. Um, at Sheldon, he obviously managed to get a lead, but then he over raced a bit and he's just still a big baby and there's bundles of ability in there. Um, and, and like Dan said, he, he he didn't stop. He just was one pace. once he you know the, once Nico sort of went through the gears, Harry couldn't really accelerate at the same rate and he, he just kept going the same pace all the way up the hill. So he's certainly one to mind for later, but I, I just I don't think he's I, I don't think he'll do an awful lot this year. I don't think we'll be impressed by him this season and he's the type that next year over fences grown up a bit. Hopefully he'll sort of relax a bit, two and a half miles somewhere. That's when we could be seeing the best of him. Um, but we're not going to see the best of him just yet, I don't think. Um, Jerry, quickly, um, you obviously have a bit more of a liking to Attica for sort of personal reasons. Um, you can sort of tell us why, if you don't mind.
3: Yeah, well, I suppose I, um like I said, he's a horse that we've always liked at home and I was keen to buy his half-sister. But unfortunately for us, his half-sister, So the horse was in the sale last week, last Friday evening. And unfortunately for us, not for the vendors, the horse, the attacker won that day. So obviously the price of the horse naturally increased in the evening. um, (laughs) We paid paid a lot more than we would have if the horse sale had been on in the morning, that's for sure.
0: And where will we be seeing her? Will she be in training with Nikki?
3: No, she's actually been bought for Simon Davis, who is investing into the... The mayors and the bloodstock and's got standing a few stallions, uh, so it's going to going to go to him. And Tom Simmons will train the mayor.
0: Right, okay, interesting. We'll we'll be keeping. What's her name for anyone that, that wants to take interest?
3: She's called A Wished, which is obviously a term in other words to be quiet. And the dam is called Listening. So I imagine that's where the it all was linked in.
1: Right, okay. as
2: well as shrewd.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, this,
2: is, this is the podcast for the inside info, Dan. This is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just sit here in awe every week and just making. That's what I got a pen. I'm just making notes. Yeah,
0: just honestly, seeing Jerry's see bank Darryl balance get going, higher
3: and higher. Could be a short list. Daryl doesn't
0: go quiet that often, but when he does, it's because he's noting down all of Jerry's future superstars, <laughs> and he's getting anti-post bets for 2024. <laughs> um, right, let's go on to the Supreme properly. Uh, we've obviously mentioned, to Arctic Brazil and Asuka, who we kind of, between us all, think probably won't end up there. Um, right, Daryl, Facil Vega. I mean, we've seen shorter prices already, 11 to 10 at the moment, but for, for other horses in other races, we, we've seen prices that are as short, if not shorter. Um, what What do you think about that? I mean, he, he was so impressive in the bumper last year, and he's been... He was taking on his
2: hurdle David. Yeah, he was. He was. Um, oh, he's difficult. He's frustrating. To, it's frustrating the market because it kind of does revolve around whatever he does. And and like I know we touched upon last week that he we weren't happy that he was shortened on the back of what he achieved. But then you kind of ask yourself, well, what price would you lay him at? And you know, and the, that's when it becomes tricky, doesn't it? And um, he's got the world at his feet, at his hooves, if you like. <laughs> and, and he could be absolutely anything, couldn't he? Um, from what he's done nothing wrong, really, from what we've seen so far. So I think it's too early to even try and knock what what he's done. He's definitely the right market leader. Um we could we I mean we see year after year that these Supreme Novice hurdles they they can cut up into about eight, eight or ten runners, you know. Um it's not normally going to be a big field and he could easily go off a you know shade of odds on. Um yeah, the minute I'm just sort of sitting around waiting, looking at this race, thinking I need to see Fassal again. So, yes. Yeah, what
0: difficult. what what is it that slightly puts you off? Is it his sort of novicy jumping?
2: I do, do you know what, Megan? I, I wasn't going to say it, but you you asked. I don't like his action. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just don't like his Jerry's action. There never... is
0: absolutely crying. Like <laughs> he does can, not I, even know. I, know I just, what just even what? like he, this, I, Honestly.
3: This is like Come
0: um, on, explain to us what. What
3: can I just say? So, this is a bit like a comment someone's a racing post correspondent sent to me last year before Cheltenham. They were worried about Constitution Hill going left handed, and I was like, if that's the best you can come up with, this conversation is over. But anyway, Mm -hmm. sorry, Sorry you're
2: totally totally right, Jerry. You're (laughs) totally right. But that is is the best I can come up with. That's probably just what. And and to be honest, uh, with a horse in December that's sitting at the top of the market at 11 to 10, you, you kind of have to come up with something, you know, if you want to try and look at a bet in the race against him and like i say i want to see him again he's done absolutely nothing wrong he, he can you explain
0: this action to us because i'm i'm slightly
2: it's just a little bit sporadic confused. it's just a little bit sporadic right so um,
0: you're, you're kind of so, saying he's got a leg in every
2: corner well yeah yeah you know and, and not Impressive. not as bad as the likes of um <laughs> nicky henderson was actually i am maximus um, <laughs> he had a sporadic action for example and he was well fancy for like a race like this and and just when i see horses with actions like that i just normally strike them off he's not as he's not as bad as that i mean i'm over exaggerating here but when you're just trying to find reasons trying to <laughs> try pick holes in him um that's just that's just something that springs to my mind like um when you when you ask the question but other than that he's done absolutely nothing wrong and he, he deserves to be at the top of this tree. My goodness me, and I, and I, I think there's going to be a lot of horses defecting from this race if they can. If he goes here, and vice versa, if he, if they decide to go to Ballymore, because at the moment he he'll win whichever one he goes in. So, I gave him I'm, a so, I'm, one, I'm, I'm sorry,
0: I, you've completely <laughs> thrown me. The action thing has totally. I mean, I love, so that- I love it. I love it. The the sort of. Difference between sometimes, oh, you know, Honeysuckle last week, bloody useless, excuse me. This week, Fasal vegas got a funky action. I love it. Darryl, you yes. provide entertainment <laughs> week in and week out. Um, Jerry honestly was trying to hold back his laugh so much when you actually came out with that. I thought, you know, you're going to say something like he doesn't jump fluently enough yet or something. No, no, his action. Um can I go with the record, f- Whatever he does with his legs, they move very, very fast. True. Um,
1: <laughs> very true. Back me up then. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna um, mention a, a form thing. Look, he's clearly he's unbelievably exciting and he's unbeaten. But on the quickest ground he encountered last season at Punchestown, and I was a massive Redemption Day fan from last year, as Daryl will recall. He didn't at all fire at Cheltenham when he went up the inside, but Redemption Day really got him at it briefly in the Punches Town Bumper. He swept round the outside, travelled better than him, and there is a moment there, considering that Faso Vega had done it on soft and heavy previously, where he was briefly caught for pace, and he's absolutely motoring by the end. He sort of strikes me as more of a Vator type, for in line with Mullins' supreme winners who will stay further and will get probably a positive ride, but if. Gr- the ground was it tends to be good sort of good to soft on the first day Um I wonder whether he might find something slightly quicker than him, that's not to say something better than him because I think he is the best horse in the race but something that under those circumstances could have a be able to kill him with a turn of foot before he gets the chance for the turbo to kick him.
2: Is that because of his action Then It's all down to his
1: action yeah but I mean, I mean, I mean, I sometimes you sometimes spot some horses that are are very mark, you know, markedly crooked in the way. Yeah, they move. you know what I
2: mean. That, I'm not yeah. saying he's not going to win, but I'm just saying that's just one thing that springs to mind. That he, I mean, he's,
0: he's got it, an action that suggests he wants a bit of juice in the ground. Basically, yeah, I do. Yeah,
1: as I say, Meg, I do really rate Redemption Day. But he, if he was in this market having and Facel Vega hadn't run at Punches Town. There's only a length and a half between them, and I don't think we'll be talking about redemption days in eleven to 10 shot. That's the only way I'm approaching similar to Daryl. If you're previewing a race now in December, you might as well shoot us both if we're just gonna sit on here and say on Vegas, <laughs> a good thing at eleven to ten. <laughs> I love
0: I love I love the reasonings. Honestly, I have to do redemption day hasn't actually ran since uh punch stand in April, so interesting to see what happens there. I think he's
1: done for the season, isn't he? He's, out. He's, he's out. out.
0: he's out. Oh, yeah. I think. Did Patrick Madden say that a couple of weeks ago in an interview? Potentially, Paul Willie um, so,
1: just not got enough quality after that horse. Yeah, was taken God, no, no, I
0: know. One goes, and you haven't even got any to back him up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, moving on, Jerry Jet Powered, could he be the one that is going to have more of a turn of foot than Fasil Vega? He was impressive at Newbury.
3: Yeah, I suppose of the British contingent at the moment, he's probably our leading hope. Um, he's a nice horse. He was. He was bought for Joe Donnelly to be a good horse and he looked he looked very decent when he ran um at Newbury a few weeks ago. He was actually ready to run the bumper last spring and he just he he was a bit unwell for a couple of weeks and then the ground dried up and we we turned him away for the summer. But he's come back. It probably didn't do any harm. He's a he's a lovely big horse, gorgeous big stride. Um he did surprise us a bit at Newbury, like we we knew he was a nice horse. We didn't expect him to go and win with the authority he did that day. And I think the form probably is okay. The second horse, the Dan Skelton's, was well touted beforehand as well. Um, he's come out of his race well. He's back working. He'll probably be stepped up in company the next day, but it wouldn't be the biggest surprise if he just kind of took small steps with him. He's still he's still a big, immature horse. He's learned. But he is, he's a very fast horse. I know that sounds stupid. He's, he's second favorite of the Supreme, but he's not one of these that's going to end up wanting three miles. And he's a very, very fast horse. Um, shows not lots of natural speed at home. Uh, but he, like I said, from the British British contingent, I think he's definitely the strongest we have this side of the water. One horse that I want to ask you about, Megan, is Tamarus. Will he go over two and a half?
0: Interesting to see what they decide to do. He's going to go sundown next, which yeah. is well, the 7th of January. Um, so obviously, grade one company would be interesting. You know, it's normally pretty testing ground. I have always seen him actually as a horse that probably would want two and a half. And he surprised me um, with how well he has performed over two, especially, you know, when he ran a Haydock on a flat track um, on what wasn't that testing. I, I was quite impressed by that. So Sandown, I think will bring out more um, because I, I do think, you know, slightly slower ground and a, a stiffer track won't, won't be any harm at all. And then I guess we'll, we'll know a bit more as to where he's likely to go um, after that. So uh, he's, You know, he's 20 to 1 at the moment. He's probably our second best British hope um, as it stands. Um, We'll learn a bit more after Sandon, I guess. I don't know if either of you, Daryl, you look as if you have something to sort of mention on him.
2: Oh no, no! I like him a lot. I think he's, I think he's fantastic. I think the fact that he's won at Haydock over an easy two miles, when he was just sort of being niggled a little bit just in places, just to keep up, and the way he came back on that bridle and then cleared away, I thought was really impressive. Because I do think he wants two and a half. I think the Tolworth, the, at Sandown, of get a bit of dig in the ground. I think that's going to be a fantastic race because you're probably going to meet authorised speed there as well. Um, he, he's he's destined to go that way. That'll be a cracking race between the two of those, and I, I would expect that authorized speeds and tomorrow is to probably be at the very top of the British novice hurdlers this season. Um, so yeah, nothing but compliments there, Meg.
1: That was the name Hi. I
2: was going to pick up, if that's all
1: right, Meg, authorized speed. Um, yeah. I, I mentioned one Gary Moore horse in Hansard as a potential Betfair hurdle customer, but I wonder if they might have designs with authorized speed as well. I know it's a tried and trusted route for horses, isn't it? In fact, it's a tried and trusted route for Gary Moore. I think he's won it three times, Violet Dancer, Heath Coates and Wingman, I think, won it as well, going back. And we've seen horses like Get Me Out of Here, My Tentor Yours, taking a bet for Hurdle before a Supreme. None of them have won it. I mean, it's got a pretty checkered record, but lots have given a good account themselves. I just think Authorised Speed is a very fast horse, and I can can see him coming unstuck on very bad ground at Sandown, again, in a proper race against Tamuras. He'll probably just get outstayed, I think, but he's an Authorised who's quick and... He did best of the British on probably unsuitably testing ground in the champion bumper last season. And I think we'll possibly see him in you know, a bet for hurdle if Hansard isn't the chosen one. And he's he'd be my pick at the current prices, actually. If it take it mentioned Gaelic Warrior too, but of the British contingent, I thought 25s on him wasn't wasn't the worst bet. I
0: think Ground's gonna be playing a, a huge part in a lot of the um sort of prep runs for these horses and and obviously the supreme itself one would just mention before we move on to our next race is marine national who is obviously a grade one winner already four from four a horse that barry connell absolutely loves and, and kevin blake we had on last week he was quite keen on this horse and felt as though he's got plenty of improvement to come yet um dan what were your thoughts on on marine national uh have you been impressed with him or Does he
1: still have to uh, find plenty to sort of get to the level of Fasil Vega at the moment? I think on bare form, his peak at the moment would be below. I'd say on bare form, he's probably achieved more than Fasil Vega, definitely. But I think in terms of what we've seen of him so far, I don't think we have done much more than scratch the surface because he was barely tested in the two bumpers. And I mean, Mike O'Sullivan is clearly an extremely promising rider. I mean, he's riding these these races, unable to claim his allowance when he should be getting one. And it was just so ballsy from him to sort of half-take a pull at the last. He wasn't great there. And the horse properly picked up to lead late in the day. I don't think that was him at uh, his full by any means. I do think there's a a lot of improvement in this horse. And I think he'll learn plenty from that race. It was the first time he's properly had to come off it and really scrap and if anything, I thought he was accelerating towards the finish to lead rather than staying on. So yeah, he's a he's a good one. Um in terms of anti-post angles, the the word was, wasn't it, that they might head straight to Cheltenham. So there's probably not much mileage in considering him at the minute because he's not going to do anything to either harm or or improve his price.
0: I think that's a shame. I think he'd he'd be a better horse for a little bit more experience mm, before coming fair, to Cheltenham personally. Um just ahead of uh, Irish Point that day. Um so obviously. We need to take all of these things into consideration. I'll be taking all of your picks in a little while. Before we do that, we'll move on to the mayor's hurdle. Um, Now, interesting that this, well, last couple of days, there's definitely been talk and consideration from Henry de Bromhead to bring Honeysuckle to the mayor's, which I'm not remotely surprised. I also think it's without a doubt the best decision they could make if they want to sort of tried to keep the ones next to her name rather yeah. than any more twos or threes. Um, and two to one, I thought was pretty fair um, because ultimately, I think all of the mayors that we currently have prized up have got a lot more to to find on 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 bare form, really. Um, Dan, what do you think about Honeysuckle?
1: I'd be disappointed, to be honest, if she went for this. I agree with you. I think if if your aim is we want to preserve her unbeaten Cheltenham record. Now the overall unbeaten record's gone. Then, yeah, you go for the Mayor's Hurdle. It's not going to test stamina as much as the Hattons Grace has a couple of times because she's in against inferiors. And she's not the good... She's not a good case study in unambitious campaigning at all. She's quite the opposite. But I do feel that would be slightly disappointing if she if she ducks. I mean, I, I feel there's something noble going back to the days of Kato Starr and Denman duking it out handing over a bat onto long run long run handing that over to Bobsworth this sort of feels something noble and sporting and competitive doesn't there about the previous winner going down on his or her sword against a young, younger younger up and comer and she's the mayor she's the horse who could push a massive performance out of Constitution Hill because she'd be getting the weight and I think Constitution Hill would would beat her up to be honest but um it, I do want to see her in the champion rather than this. I can't be alone in that, surely.
0: I, I yeah, I would imagine not, but I'm not going to get Daryl started because we'll be here all night. Um, <laughs> so um, let it go. <laughs> we'll, we'll quickly move on to Jerry. Um, uh, personally, I don't think Honey Circle would press any buttons of Constitution Hills. Um, I'm pretty sure Jerry will agree with me on that one. Um, Brandy Love, who, again, one that we haven't seen yet, Willie Mullins, let to, yet to unleash um, her. Now, she beat Love Envoir at Fairy House on her final start. She is second favourite currently, 9-2. to two. Um, The fact that she hasn't run doesn't really help us because we still don't know where she's at at the moment. But one thing for sure is her stamina. Um, and uh, she was pretty impressive at Fairy House when we last saw her, Joe.
3: Yeah, she was. And... Um... I think you'd be fairly brave now if you were backing her anti-post because I just thought it was interesting. When she won at Fairy House that day, Willie Mullins actually did an interview afterwards and said there might be a chance she might be retired. Uh, she wasn't the easiest horse to train physically and stuff like that. Um, obviously, she's back in training now. So I suppose that would be a worry if you were backing her anti-post. Um, and even if she did get to the track, will she be the same as she was in her younger days? I know her last run, she won a grade one. But uh, for me, for that race, I, I totally agree. With Dan, I'd be devastated if Honey Sockle turns up in the mayor race. I hope she goes to the champion. Um, and if she does that, a Mare for me that I think will take all the beating here, especially if the ground came up a bit on the slower side, would be Love Envoy. Um, I think she's an incredible filly. She's just done nothing wrong. The only time she got beaten last year was against Brandy Love in a grade one, which was probably just towards the end of the season. She'd had a busy yes. season. She's hard on herself, this Mare. She's always keen. She's, she's extremely, extremely hard on herself. She always gives herself a hard race. And Jerry, had, can I
0: just buff, butt in quickly because I'd be interested to know your thoughts on, on that point you just said about her being keen. Did you not feel at sundown she was so much more professional and a lot more relaxed and and you know that was her reappearance run as well but she didn't look to be as fierce keen as she had been previously.
3: Yeah definitely Megan. It's interesting I spoke to Johnny Burke afterwards and he was actually, halfway down the back he said he just gave her an inch of range just to see what was there and nothing happened and he he said he was worried, but he says she's just that tough and resolute. Once she saw the hill at Sandown, she knew where she was, and she's and even like once once she hit the front, mm-hmm. I knew well nothing was going to get back past her. And you you had to like that was carrying twelve stone in a handicap against geldings and open company. I thought it was very impressive. Mm-hmm. It was a nice stepping stone. I think she goes to Sandown next, and then on to Cheltenham. But uh, for me, like I hope Honeysuckle lines up in the champion. But for me, I think with a bit of ease in the ground, Brandy Love or uh, Love Envoy is the one is the pick for me
0: um daryl obviously um last year's winner marie's rock was a a huge improver throughout last season um six to one uh, sorry eight to one at the moment um she's gonna have younger legs to come up against uh do you think she can sort of retain that title
2: I think she'll go very close if she goes for this race. Uh, she was fantastic last year. She improved continuously every single run. Um, slight concern I've got back. I, I would have back in her anti post is the fact that Epiton probably only has this as a target. Um, I don't. I can't see. I can't see Nikki. I mean, Jerry from I can't see Nikki throwing Epiton back into another champion hurdle. So, I, and they're, they're keen to explore the, the two and a half mile trip with her. So, she'd probably be number one now. I know Marie's Rock's already beaten her, but Marie's Rock. Possibly, and Jerry again, tell me if I'm wrong, has the option of going up and trip for the stayers' hurdle. Uh, I I could be completely way off there, but uh, that would just be my concern about backing her for this race this far out. Um, I think Brandy Love is the one to be on. I think she's a weapon, and uh, I I appreciate what Jerry says. She's very difficult to train, etc. But um, they've kept her back in training for a reason. Now, she missed Cheltenham last year. She came out on the day, I think, because of the ground, because I had tipped her bloody anti-post that day, and it cost me a fortune. But um, <laughs> <laughs> she's, a, she's a very, very talented horse. And uh, The last two runs that she's had at Fairy House, she's been jumping violently out to the left. That's not the way round she wants to go. And if she can do that and still beat some of these very good mares in Ireland, I'll tell you what, she is... She is some, some machine, I can I can assure you. She's only going to be seven when she gets here. Up against perhaps an aging honeysuckle or an aging epiton. Um, I think she's the one to be on. In terms of honeysuckle coming for this race, I actually agree with you, Meg. I think that you go for the race, you can win at the Festival. Um, and I don't think they've got a chance in hell of in Constitution Hill. So I think she should go here. And if she goes here, I think she'll probably be very difficult to beat. But um playing in this race at the moment, I mean it's very difficult because if, if Honeysuckle does go here, she's going to shorten up. Everything's going to get a little bit bigger. If she comes out of it, everything's going to get a little bit shorter. So it's very, we need to see what Honeysuckle's going to do, but she's not going to run until February. I wouldn't have thought. So, uh, but at the moment I'm quite keen on Brandy Love actually.
0: I think it's interesting that there was sort of, you know, absolutely not. Mm. Mare's hurdle isn't, isn't something mm. we're going to consider. Honeysuckle gets turned over. Absolutely. We're going to consider it now. So I think that is something, Thing that we need to bear in mind. I,
3: I, I don't think it's you, what the
0: racing crowd wants, and I don't think it's what people want to see. But I think that's where she'll go. Personally, how much would you read but, into that,
2: Meg? How much would you read into the fact that it's happened after that run? Do you think that maybe they had a they had well, a fit well on the day, or do you think like there wasn't? I genuinely wasn't think, think they were more. so
0: confident. You know, like mm. they've got this wonder mare who's won so many races. No one's really got that near her. Their confidence is high. They genuinely believe they can beat Constitution Hill. They don't think she'll be beaten. When she then was beaten, I think maybe they thought, OK, maybe we need to consider the fact that whether they felt she hasn't come back quite as good or whatever it is, maybe they then had to realise, actually, the chance of us beating Constitution Hill, having already put up a quicker time at Cheltenham last year, is probably slimmer than, than we actually thought. And therefore, let's have a look at option B. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, I, like you say, everyone wants a winner at Cheltenham Festival. So whether it's the champion hurdle or the grade one mess, you know, they're still it's an extra grade one for her. Yeah. And, and that's where they'll go. But look, everyone's entitled to an opinion and I don't, until March we won't really know.
1: Meg, I don't think it, I mean, don't think it changed anything. I still don't think she beat Constitution Hill, but that Hudson's Grace has probably been the scene of four or five uh, three or four of her worst performances in a career, even in winning the mm-hmm. first time out trip probably a bit further than she really wants mm. to go. And I thought she made ground. a burst. Yeah, ground. She made a burst to the front that I thought suggested her powers, to some extent, were still intact. And then she's been run out of it
2: later on. It so if they di- were want... about the, the connections didn't come out afterwards and basically say what you just said. You know, mm. they, did, they didn't come out with that, did they? They almost came out with afterwards with an acceptance of defeat. And mm. that makes me think that maybe they had her as, as well as they've had her for that race. And she was still maybe knocked off. I don't know, but uh, they were
0: definitely confident and definitely then disappointed. Yeah. So I think that's what's made you know made them consider the mares. But uh, look, we could go into it and look at it at so many angles, and and it tear your hair out if you try to try to get it right. If she went and won next time she ran, they'll probably reconsider the champion hurdle depending how you know easily yeah. she won or whatever. But it, it's hard to know. Um, but I'm gonna slightly put pressure on you all because I'm gonna try and get some some picks. So we're going to go back now to the Supreme, and Dan, we're doing a twenty-pound whatever you want sports bet or exchange bet. And at the end, unless you get a big prize winner, now chance are probably slim. But at the end, one of us is going to be crowned champion, um, and all our um, all the money we raise is going to go to the Inter Jockeys Fund, which is absolutely great. So, Supreme Novices. Um, Let's start with Jerry. 20 pound. Where's it going?
3: I'm gonna go 20 pound win on Marie Nationale.
0: 8 to 1. <laughs> nice, confident. Stirring Daryl's laughing, and actually, I must say, I, as per usual, my Twitter um, feed has been quite busy, and I've noticed that miracles do happen because, Daryl, you've tipped up a few winners, I've noticed. Um, you, you've, you've certainly been letting everyone know that you've uh, tipped up a, a couple that have come in. So, yeah, miracles do happen, unbelievably. So <laughs> who's your miracle in the Supreme?
2: Um, Jerry, quickly, does jet power jump out to the right at home? No, don't worry
1: about you
0: that. You can't. Yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely not. You can't, this is you my inside on, info
1: day.
2: Squeeze on. that lemon. The
0: discussion is <laughs> oh. over. It's time to choose.
2: That's Vega, Meg. I'm not
0: in the, not in the business
2: of wasting money.
1: Right, okay, Dan. Um, c- just for once, as a racing TV colleague and Betfair colleague, can I have mine each way, 10 each way, and can I have an authorised speed, please?
0: I mean, I don't, re- you, you don't need permission. I mean, that's fine.
1: Well, I'm only here once. If you say no, then you'll never see me again, will you?
0: Yeah, yeah. We won't <laughs> invite you back. <laughs> <laughs> right, authorised speed 25 to 1, 10 pound each way. Um, yes, please. This race completely throws me. <sighs> I think Facil Vega will be very hard to beat. So I'm going to put my 20 on Facil Vega. Very boring. Um, but but that's where I'm going to go. Um, so then mayors. Um, as we kind of just discussed, it's pretty tricky to know. Let's go back to front now and we'll start with Dan. Where are you going for your bet in the mayors?
1: Well, again, I'm going to call upon Jerry to some extent. Now we didn't mention this, Mayor, but Remember last 12 months ago, Marie's Rock sneaking into the pitch. Well, not so much sneaking into the pitch, but really thriving as the season went on. I do rate Nikki's theatre glory and so she's 25. Oh,
3: it, you've, you're, t- you've you're kidding. My
1: oh, this I, must be a good
3: I, thing. I Here gave you a tacker during the week. I gave, we I gave you to to a tacker and then, you know, you just...
1: Come I'll tell on, you what, start that again, Meg. Go to Actually, Jerry we first. Better, we, we, be, we
0: better have a quick discussion on Theatre Glory before we do the picks because you two are clearly absolutely torn to pieces. That you both, well, 25 to 1 is going to be gone after this podcast anyway. Um, so come on, what, what's the angle here?
1: Should I go oh, quick? For me, it's just I, I really like what, what she did when she went up to Kelso, and I just think she's a fast horse. She then came and proved herself. In a better race at Cheltenham, towards the back end, and she went off four to one to beat First Street for the same stable on reappearance in that Jerry Field, and which suggested to me that the stable thinks she's all right as well. I mean, she, she absolutely obliterated them in that handicap at Kelso when I was there for Racing TV. She'd done well, it was similarly impressive at Worry at the time before. And Jerry's now going to tell us that he's, she's working all
3: over Constitution Hill. <laughs> <laughs> No, no like to be fair, I kind of echo those points. She's just been unfortunate this season. She obviously unseated in the jury field and where we actually really fancied her on the day. We thought she'd take a lot of beating that day. Her work had been very good. um and then obviously, she was favored for the handicap at Cheltenham on Saturday this weekend, and obviously, as we know, racing was abandoned. Um so yeah, she's just been unlucky this year so far. Uh, I'm not sure yet where she's going to go next, but she'd only probably have one or two runs, and then onto the onto the mayor's race at Cheltenham. Um, I thought it was a good decision last year by the syndicate and by Nikki, not because it'd been very easy to run in the novice last year, uh, but instead she was qualified for that 50 grand handicap at Kelso. She went there and then her, got her black type at Chatham in April. But I think, yeah, I, I think she's a good each way bet at 25, 33 to one, maybe, if they're gener- generous. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for- no, chance on on useful. you two have yeah. just halved a price. <laughs> right, so you two both
0: to each way, Theatre Glory at 25 to one. Jerry's... Yeah trying to push his luck for 33s but I'd say there's absolutely no chance in that Um, basically Marie's Rock and Epitone are going to be 150 to 1 after this Um, (laughs) might as well forget them Uh, Daryl what about you? Uh,
2: Brandy Love for me please
0: Meg oh god this is a disaster Daryl
2: you're not copying me again
0: I actually was going to I should have (laughs) gone first just in case El Fabiolo
2: (laughs) Fasal Vega Brandy Love
0: Oh God. Yeah, I'm gonna just do it. Brandy, love. I mean, like I say, your miracles have been working this week. So maybe we'll be all right for one week and one week only. <laughs> um, right, so that's our pips done. No changing, that is it. Um, thank you all, and thanks everyone for listening. A quick reminder to everyone that we have Racing Only Better previewing all the weekend action on Thursday and weighed in on a monday with all of the news from racing um all over the world world of racing however you'd like to look at it um, we'll be back next week we will have some more races to preview and um everyone please remember to gamble responsibly especially you daryl don't forget that um, and yeah thanks everyone we'll see you soon